Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em. But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost, I'm just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn for the feeling I earn I'ma win it's a turn, you had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict, I'm reclining with the brain I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict, Russell Rocky Another names, trade addicts pie Let's go I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem I am Rocky Petrella, and I also have a trading problem. I'm Faith, and apparently I'm here to listen to these guys talk about their problems. Isn't that what you're just always around for? Pretty much. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to session 300 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And we will... I almost want to like find a random person in front of a giant hole and just kick them into a giant. I was pit, literally just saying, my brain just went, "Are you not entertained?" This <laughs> is trade addicts. Except again, like we were just talking about how I can never be that intimidating. <laughs> like they'll they'll be giggling on their way down into. Uh... Oh, an endless YouTube. pit. I forgot to set it to private. So, hey, we're live for episode 300. <laughs> that's, yeah, why... Man, that's, that's why it's called it's episode 300, Russ. I, I feel like I, I've let everybody down because we knew you weren't going to do anything. And I didn't do anything either this time, though. So, Which means we've been live for nine whole minutes. They heard everything. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yes, we didn't say anything bad about anybody, did we? Oh, well. We just talked about Scott Fish. Saying pop. He says pop, and that's wrong. <laughs> Whatever. Might have said the F word. Oh, yeah. Whatever. When I release the podcast, we won't say that on it. There we go. Um, <laughs> well, cool. Awesome. That's how we go. All right. Nothing like the power of live internet. And now I'm I'm flustered. I am out of it. I am done. <laughs> well, before we keep going... Why don't you let everyone know who you are, what you do, and where they could find what you do? Um, my name is Faith at FF underscore Leap of Faith on the Twitter. I refuse to call it X. It just sounds dumb. Yep. Um, I co-founded Women of Fantasy Football uh, with my good friend Josh at Women of underscore FF. Uh, follow, follow, follow there. Uh, we are sending uh, a team of women to Media Week at the Super Bowl. Super excited about all of that. Uh, super excited about just what we've got planned and all of the things that we have partnered with. All I am saying, come hell or high water, I will be at the Women of Fantasy Football Expo panel this year. Two years ago, I had a panel at the same time. Last year, I couldn't find anyone to cover the Fantasy Cares booth. I will leave that booth alone. 
So I'm not missing it this time. Like uh, Bob and Scott, that's your cue. Find representation. <laughs> so are, you, are you kidding? Like I'm gonna just drag. I'm just gonna bring extra fantasy care shirts. Throw a shirt on a stranger and push him behind the desk. Like I don't. There you I don't go. Anymore. Or they should. You know what? Honestly, they should just close down all of the booths during our panel anyway, so everybody Absolutely. can be there. Yeah, just plop all of you in the middle of yeah. the entire expo and in just, the middle of the field. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, it, it's on that practice field, mm-hmm. indoor field in the uh, Hall of Fame. If they're doing it there again, yeah, yeah, why not? Why don't schedule any other panels? Because that's just unfair to those panels. Rude. That's what it was. It was rude. But let's move on. But so yes, check out the women of fantasy football. Everything they do is awesome. So do that. Um, let's do our little interviewy thing. How long have you been playing fantasy football? I have been playing fantasy football for, what year is it, 2024? Six years? Seven years? Five years? I had to look to see what year it was. Around (laughs) that time. Cool, cool, cool. How long uh, until you got into Dynasty? Uh, I think I joined a Dynasty League two years ago. Well, technically, you joined the Harry Potter League two years ago. So you definitely did join one two years ago. I think that might have been the same year I joined Actually, three my other ago. Dynasty League. Yeah, we just finished we our just third finished year. We just finished our third season. Dang. Just putting it out there. Every house but Hufflepuff has won so far. That's very Hufflepuff. We came in very last place. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Ravenclaw for finally, finally doing something this year. We, were just, we were just happy to be included. <laughs> As is every Hufflepuff. <laughs> oh, that league is so much fun. Um, Pandemonium. My favorite is like the the random um, Russ video links every week of the uh, the headmasters, oh, whatever you call it. It's and it's like weirder next year. Oh, trust well, me. Lord I'm, Jesus have mercy. For those of you not in the league, literally Russ just has a randomizer, and who knows. Your house could gain five points for being the highest scorer. Your house could lose five points just because that's an option. Russ put on the wheel of doom. Yeah, like, okay, so the way the Harry Potter League works is each division is a Hogwarts house. And the point is, by the end of the season, for your house to have the most points. So while it does, there's incentives for you specifically to win, it's more about your division doing better than the other divisions. And... With, if you've watched the Harry Potter movies, read the Harry Potter books, especially like after the first movie, you know, Dumbledore's just like, well, you know, Slytherin won, but, and he just randomly gives points to. No, 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 no. He did not randomly give points. This is me sticking up for Gryffindor now. He gave points to Ron, Harry, Hermione, and Neville. Yes. Okay. They were not random. They happened, but also it was something in which no one else could have gotten those points for. So. I mean, that's on anybody else for not going to find Hermione like Ron and Harry did. Just saying. They're Gryffindors. I don't know what to tell you. But so I thought it would be fun that after every single week, I would have a randomizer wheel with things like 
person who scored the because we give and take away points for people who score the most or score the least so it's like who scored the second most the second least which house scored the most points or just plus or minus for no reason mm-hmm. so i of largest course, margin of victory smallest margin of victory largest margin of defeat smallest margin of defeat <laughs> yeah and you know i just make a short video where I walk through the house points for the week and give or take away points for the heck of it because I'm the headmaster and that's what I get to do. And he shows off his spreadsheet that he's really proud of. I, when it works, I'm very proud of it. Well, I was going to say when it works. Yeah. I don't check before I start and I'm like, oh yeah, whoops, got to drag that. Oops, that's the wrong. <laughs> but it's My bad. Okay. So let's move on. So I'm not going to ask you what your best or worst trades are because I know you have feelings about trades. Although I do have, I, I have a trade that I like to brag about. Because oh, absolutely. It, Go for it. I didn't want to put you on the spot. Please. Oh, no. My, like, my one claim to fame. Um, I'm in a league with uh, Austin Amendolia, who is part of the uh, team at Club Fantasy. Uh, great guy. Um, was it last offseason or the offseason before I had uh, Trey Lance in a dynasty league? And he really, 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 really wanted Trey Lance. And so I suckered George Kittle and a 2024 second out of him for Trey Lance. Nice. That is and then I, I laughed because I would share that people traded Trey Lance for a 24 second straight up. And I was like. Yeah. I, How do you hate trading I, after that? Like, I, I don't know. I, I had so, way too many Trey Lance trades where I gave up too much, so I'm I'm with the, your trade partner there. <laughs> I I hate trading because it's intimidating and it's really hard, especially to somebody who's newer to Dynasty, to place value on future picks. So I think that's why I try to stay away from it because how do I value a current player versus three future round picks. I mean, we can answer that question if you want. Go ahead. That'd be fabulous for not just myself, but others. So this is, there's a, you know, there's a retrospective way to do it, to try and think about it. And then there's, if you know enough about the class coming forward, how to do it. Like last year was a good draft class. So, Let's say someone offers you a first for a player. You just have to think, what happened in the middle of the first last season? Oh, these were the kind of players. So this is the kind of player am I going to get? Who do I like more? This player on my team or this level of player that could be coming out next year? Or if you are a nerd and you're paying attention to the players coming out this coming season already, and someone offers you something that's looking to be a mid-first, it's like, all right, do I like Malik Neighbors or Brock Bowers, or do I like this person? Like, that's that's really the easiest way I could think to say it is find out, you know, listen to a couple of Devi people to see if it's going to be a good class that year. Like, we know this coming class is going to be a very top-heavy, strong class. So you can say, all right, well... I know someone wants me to trade Jalen Waddle and they're offering me like the one Oh five. All right. Well at the one Oh five, there can be Malik neighbors or Brock Bowers or Roma Dunze, or maybe one of these quarterbacks. And you just think, 
which would I rather have? Which is better for my team, Jalen Waddle, or getting two, three years younger and having the choice of either of these players that could be in that spot? I will say I did get to a point where if somebody offered me a trade, I would weigh it, If especially if they were seeking the player that I currently have. And it just became a decision of, do I really want to get rid of this player? And if I just didn't want to get rid of them, I'm like, no. Oh, that is absolutely on the table. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I will look at, there's no player that's off the table for me to trade, but there are plenty of players that you're going to have to pay more than the average yeah. person. Where like, you know, I still, I, I sit here with this gigantic T Higgins thing sitting behind <laughs> me. It takes a lot more than normal to get T Higgins off my roster. So like, usually I'll open an email and be like, oh, they want T Higgins. <sighs> Let's see what they're thinking. Uh, like it's usually pretty close to reject before I look at it. Again, not because I'm not willing to trade him. If someone's going to be silly and offer me Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. I'm taking Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I love T and all of that, but you know, yeah, Justin Jefferson. But uh, exactly, like if you don't want to trade someone, you don't have to. Even if the value's there, it's it's a game. You're supposed to like what you do. So mm-hmm. absolutely, that is absolutely part of the equation as well. I also ask at least five people i send screenshots i'm like what do you think of this i got people who are smarter than me i got a dm from faith asking me about a trade i think i answered in like six minutes oh it's too late i didn't i did it already (laughs) okay cool that's awesome congrats all right i mean i didn't think i took that long but all right (laughs) i declined it Pretty sure I declined it, which is what you told me to do anyway. You're like, oh, you're no help. I don't what I just I <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was funny because I think I made a comment about asking people for help, and I get a DM from Russ that says, My handle is literally Dynasty Outhouse, and you don't come to me. You don't ask me. Yeah, me. A trade question. So I went to him and he didn't answer quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to set, I'll have to set like electrodes. Anytime Faith DMs me, I get a little shock. Oh, gotta, 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 gotta hurry, gotta hurry. We'll, we'll Pavlov myself into uh, answering your trade questions as quickly Anytime as possible. Anytime you answer possible. my trade questions as quickly as possible, I will give you a piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Piece of candy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get, let's get into the news. And it's, it's news. I, I, I don't, so yeah. our, our our good buddy Frank, I love that now not only does he give us the news, he, he gives me talking points on it, which is perfect <laughs> because then I don't have to think about anything. So let's go. Uh, Brian Johnson, offensive coordinator, expected to be fired by the Eagles. How does Rocky see this going for the Eagles? And I will re-ask, are you buying or selling with all the chaos? Now that there's a change in play caller, I believe all three said bye last week. Which, by the way, I need to say, loved the second chance dispersal talk from yeah, at the beginning of the show, except uh, yeah. for Andrew's weird Tua over Kyler take that. <laughs> that was weird, but the, but the rest of it was a great conversation. Um, so Eagles expecting to fire Brian Johnson, or maybe they'll just get lucky and he'll be a head coach somewhere. It's um, officially happened by the way. It has happened. Yeah. Today. Yeah. All right. Breaking news. <laughs> Look at that. That's what we do here. Do, 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 do. We, we break news. Uh, well, Rocky, since you're you're an Eagles guy, how, how do you feel about this? I know you weren't thrilled with the offense, but like one in one year in and out, how do, how do you feel about that? 
I'm, that's the only hesitancy I have about it at all, actually, is that they're now flipping both coordinators for the second year in a row. Their, their DC is gone too. Um, after both guys left for head coaching jobs last year. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, Brian Johnson was not a good play caller. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how many Eagles games you watched. It was like wide receiver screen after wide receiver screen. They, they rarely used the middle of the field. It, they threw too many deep passes sometimes. It was, it was all over the place. And, uh, Obviously, the offense did not look as good this year, and especially down the stretch. Their their defense was horrendous, but their offense was not when, – when they collapsed at the end of the year, uh, the offense was not very good either. So I think it was necessary. I did see an alert shortly before I came on that they are going to be interviewing Cliff uh, Kingsbury, by the way. <laughs> as guess. That went so well. <laughs> Um, but so I don't know how I feel about that one, but I, I'm still on the, on the, on the buy train that we talked about last week. I would be buying. I don't think it can get any worse uh, than last year. And I mean, actually the statistics weren't that bad. I mean, we saw at the beginning of the year, uh, AJ Brown was going off at the beginning oh, of the year and so all that good. stuff. Yeah. So I don't know too, how much, you know, I mean, Hertz was banged up a lot of the year. I don't know how much that had to do with it because Hertz did not have a great year. Uh, he had a good fantasy season, but he did not have a great real life season. So, uh, th- that could help too. But, uh, but overall I expect them to be much improved. Uh, I, I don't care who the play caller is. Like I said, I, I don't think it can be much worse than what was going on with Brian Johnson. There was just every week Eagles fans are like, what the hell are they doing? They'd be, they'd be, like I said, throwing like wide receiver screens on, on third and 12 that would get like negative one yard. It was a joke. It was a horrifying to watch. So yeah, I am all for this. Like I said, the, the only concern is now this is hurts his third OC in three years now. So that's not great, but hurts uh, no, is the next Baker Mayfield. Got it. Yes. <laughs> but like I said, I think it can only go up. He was not very good. How do you feel about the Eagles? Babe? Um, Mike, can, first of all, I am a UGA fan, so I am a very large fan of the Eagles defense. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the Philadelphia Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I am also kind of sad that it seemingly appears that the Eagles and the city of Philadelphia are losing its human mascot in Jason Kelsey. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like... You don't even have to be an Eagles fan. Honestly, you could hate the Eagles, but it is impossible to hate Jason Kelsey. Yes. And his wife. His wife is a national treasure. By God the way, love Kylie. From a fantasy perspective, that could that could kill the tush push next year. Forget about the league banning it. That Kelsey was key to that thing. That could be taking mm-hmm. a bunch of touchdowns away short touchdowns away from Jalen Hurts next year. Uh Laura Oakman, who is an NFL reporter for Fox, also has um, an organization called Galvanize that women of fantasy football partners with. She actually interviewed uh, Jason. I think it was last week, and uh, she quoted him about the tush push and uh, his sp- specific phrase. As he's in the middle of it, he literally just says "f my life" and just goes for it. <laughs> like that's kind of feel like what you have to do. It's just like ah, and just go because uh, like you have to psych yourself up for what's yeah. about to happen to yourself. Exactly. Like, you're about to be face deep in somebody's butt. Yeah, a lot <laughs> some, of people. Some large, sweaty man's butt. Yeah. Just so, take a, a bit of a psyche push. Yeah, to, to get away from 
face in sweaty man tush. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not worried about the Eagles. Uh, their, their players are that good that we clearly we see being banged up and having crap play calling might make them not elite, but they're still really, 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 really good. Um, we had a trade addicts eight dispersal and there was three people and there were three stud quarterbacks. There was Jalen Hurts, CJ Stroud and Kyler Murray. And I had the second pick. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to get a CJ Stroud chair. That's awesome. And then apparently the guy who picked first was a big Ohio State fan and doesn't have any CJ Stroud anywhere else and picked CJ Stroud first. And I'm just like, that's what I get for going on, you know, into a draft with a strategy. And my strategy was just taking the second best player second. And I'm just like, oh, cool. Well, I have Jalen Hurts now. So I go and I'm like, all right, it's a dispersal, which means I don't have a very good team. Let me go see if I could trade Jalen Hurts. And I, I mean, I sent top three quarterback prices and no one wanted to pay top three quarterback prices for Jalen Hurts right now, which, yeah, that's a shame. Um, it's crazy how one mediocre season can completely change the, the price of a player in fantasy because he could take this off season off. He could go find himself in a darkness retreat, smoke an ayahuasca and come back next season Ready to rock and roll. And and by the way, with the how negatively I was talking about the offense and all that, uh, I did hear recently that they actually finished uh, the year seventh in scoring. So, I mean, to your point, Russ, there's a lot of good players. Uh, yeah, they're, the they're very, so, very good. Yeah. yeah, regardless. Next on the list, Titans hire Bengals OC Brian Callahan as head coach. Not much will change for Bengals most likely as it's Zach Taylor's offense. But this should be good for Levis as it probably moves more towards a passing system versus the run-heavy system they had before. Probably good for Spears as well as a Mixon 2.0. I love Frank so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know anything about Callahan because it was just Zach Taylor's offense. Uh, so I literally have nothing to say about this. But it was kind of obvious that they, the Titans were going to move away from that Derrick Henry kind of offense. You know, seeing as how they switched their GM or personal, uh, the player personnel guy, and like all of a sudden Henry was immediately on the block. <laughs> it's like, all right, hey, new guy. Okay, let's get this guy gone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think this changes anything. I don't think anyone's going to buy into any Titans players until they see something because it's the Titans. And I don't think anyone is lower on the Bengals because of this. Any, any, any strong, scary takes on this one, Faith? No. Nope. There's All nothing right. strong nor scary about the Bengals, so. Uh, especially after they lose T. Higgins and they'll be worthless. Um, somebody else is willing to pay T. Higgins money. Yeah, they better. Or somewhere good. Um, Antonio Pierce kept as Raiders head coach. Awesome. First off, well-deserved and happy they didn't snub him. Oh, I just said something like that. It's probably good for whoever the Raiders' RB is, given the workload Jacobs had towards the end of the year. Assuming they keep the same offensive scheme, what are you doing with Jacobs, and do you think he's a Raider in 2024? Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a quote-unquote older running back at this point. He's like 25, finally. God, I hate that 25 is old somewhere. Hey, man, I'm in my 40s. I'm glad to call 20-year-olds two years old old because i i've been old since i was 20 anyway i was gonna say wait a second if you're calling 25 year olds old what does that make you russ super old um so mike sipes of dynasty trades hq fame 
yeah. turned 50 a year or two ago. And he always said, age is just a number. I might be 50, but I feel 20. And my reply was always, that's funny. I felt like I was 50 ever since I was 20. <laughs> and like, I was talking to Leo Pasiga and he he's, you know, look, I'm old and you want to record at 930. And I'm like, look, I get that I'm chronologically younger than you. But if you want to have a grumpy old man contest, I will take you down. <laughs> Eight is just a number. It goes both ways on that, though. Um, but yeah, look, yeah. Jacobs is good, but at this point, he's probably not worth a first anymore. So, if I have a good team and I have a late second, then someone's silly enough to give me Jacobs for like a second and a third, I'll go do that, regardless of where he lands. I don't want like Zamir White or anything. Like, I don't think he's the next big thing. So. I'll wait and see how that goes before I do anything about it. But like Jacobs, again, Jake, he's a good player. So assuming he doesn't go to like just the worst place at worst place ever, if he leaves, I'm still pretty in on him. Speaking of leaving, I'm a Patriots fan and I really don't know what to do with myself. Um, First I lose my quarterback and then I lose my coach. Oh, Belichick had a second interview with Atlanta. Um, I see that. That's just weird. Yeah, Gavin in the chat, because I'm awesome and left it as public. Um, any concern for Bijan owners, seeing as Belichick was one of the first to use running back by committee? Um, I I've had, I thought about this the first time. Like At first, I'm like, oh, no, Belichick. But I'm like, that's how Belichick builds teams. But with the players yeah. he has, he uses them to their strengths. Like, there was no real committee this past year, because all they had was Ramondre. You know, well, while he was healthy the past year and a half, really. So, like, I'm not really worried about that. And I will sell myself the narrative of Pitts equals Gronk until I'm blue in the face, regardless of how false of a narrative it is. <laughs> because it makes me try and feel a little better. I don't care. Don't look at me like that, Faith. It's it's going to happen. Yeah. That math ain't math and Russ. <laughs> and I don't even like math. I prefer words. It's it. There's a couple of greater than and less than signs, but it gets there eventually. <sighs> Shane Waldron hired as the Bears offensive coordinator doesn't give much insight into what the what they do at QB in Frank's opinion. But Seahawks have had a decent offense over the last few years, so probably good for whoever their main running back is and DJ Moore. Um, <sighs> Shane Waldron was more balanced than any Seahawks OC they've had in the past decade. I still know nothing about him based on what their offense was because they didn't do much, especially this past season when Gino wasn't being great Gino. So I have no idea how to feel about this or if it points to what they're doing at quarterback. So this is like a shrug to me. I didn't realize they didn't fire their coach, by the way. I'm like, they hired an OC before hiring a coach? And they're like, wait, they never fired their coach, did they? Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Frank in the chat saying, well, he made Gino look good. I'm like, that is a very good point. Fair enough. That is a good point. (laughs) Okay, so that's the news we have. We only have two trade addicts trades, so we're going to do those first before we pop into the decent amount of listener questions we have. Uh. Trade Addicts Leagues are 12-team Superflex PPR tight end premium with 1.75 points per tight end reception and 0.05 points for return yardage because we don't have any TA1 trades. They're both TA10, which, if anything, like uh, Andrew said, dispersals can spur some action. Um, Zay Flowers for the 112 and Jerry Judy. Hi. 
I have a question. What's your question? <laughs> you said we don't have any T1, but they're T10. What does that mean? Oh, the Trade Addicts Leagues are Trade Addicts 1 through 11. Um, Trade Addicts 1 I was clearly the first one I created, and I didn't do the return yardage thing and then started doing it after that. And, like, you can't – unless I get a 100% vote to allow that in, mm-hmm. I don't want to change – even though it's, like, minuscule scoring changes, yeah. I can't just change that. So I still have to say all leagues, but trade out. Though, Russ. All but one. I really should because I know no one's going to leave over it. No one's going to really gripe. Are they even going to notice? I was just going to say, I I bet if you do it and don't tell anybody, no one will even know. I've legit thought about doing it (laughs) and still saying that every for like a full season just to see if anyone notices. (laughs) Now that I say it, people are going to start checking on me. Probably. So the trade we have is Dave Flowers for the 112 and Jerry Judy. Now, I guess, Rock, why don't you go first? Because we're here to try and help Faith learn to value picks a little bit. Yeah, I I was not a big Zay Flowers guy when he came out last year. But obviously, I'm not, you know, I pay attention to what's happening. And and I'm not uh, not a take lock kind of guy. And uh, I'm getting hot. You know, I got higher and higher on Flowers as the year went on. Uh, He seems to be the wide receiver one there. Uh, got a decent amount of targets. I, I'm taking him over the 112, and Jerry Judy has, like, minuscule value for me at this point. I was never a big Judy guy to begin with. And, uh, I mean, what's Judy worth? A mid-second-ish? Maybe? That. Yeah, that's why I said maybe. Uh, so, yeah, that's... Uh, it's, it's almost like it's practically two seconds, really. Uh, so I, I will take Zay Flowers there, and I will take those young points, and I will run with it. And uh, you can have your 112. How do you feel about that, Faith? What? So how do you feel about that? <laughs> you I said, how do you feel about that, Faith? Faith, how do you feel about that, Faith? How do you feel about that, Faith? Stop yelling at me, okay? <laughs> Uh, I was just going to say he lost me and I'm not a big Zay Flowers guy. And it was after that that I just tried. I wasn't a big here. Zay Flowers guy. Wah, wah, no. wah, 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 now wah, I am. We're bigger. Okay, so I, you know, Zay Flowers was in like a tier of two almost in last year's rookie draft. And of course, I took Quentin Johnston over him every single time, which clearly is not the way to do it. Um, but also, I'm with Rocky, like, the season went on and Zay Flowers completely stole wide receiver work from Rashad Bateman, who I used to think was really good. Um, it's it's funny. Like I'm, I will take lock on people that I think are good and then I will refuse to believe that they're not like Jerry Judy. Um, but other way around, I'll be I'll much quicker to change my mind. Um, so like, yeah, Zay Flowers is, is good. So here's the way to think about it. We have um, three quarterbacks, three wide receivers, and a tight end that are very, very good in this coming draft. So we're up to the 108 in a super flex lead. I had to count my fingers as I'm giving this. No, I'm like, can I do that? <laughs> oh, sorry, this? Is it? Is this how you three? Or is this how you three? I, no, I three like this. <laughs> yeah. every, it's funny, ever since seeing Inglorious Bastards, I do it differently almost every single time. Um <laughs> Because that's how they caught that he wasn't German. Uh, read differently than other fun people. Fun fact, this is three. I believe this is three in American Sign Language because this is W and 
This is good podcasting. I know. Just thinking that. This is tea. So yeah, sorry for those of you not watching. So we'll give you a diagram later. So so to go back to to what I was saying. So we're saying, do you like Zay Flowers over at this point? Who will be outside of that? What we feel is that top ish tier of players. But wide receiver three, maybe four, five, six, seven, eight, like wide receiver eight in the class. Maybe there's another quarterback that gets thrown in there. Maybe there's a running back that works their way into the first, which it doesn't really seem like just yet. So like that's really how you have to sort of think about it. In what order would you slot Zay Flowers in if he were in this class? And I think it's pretty easy to say he is better than the wide receiver six or seven going on right now. So to me, this is easily Zay Flowers. And of course, because it's the really sad part that Jerry Judy is just not worth much anymore because it looks like Jerry Judy is not going to be a thing. <sighs> sad face. This next one is, is is interesting because it has Bryce Young and I'm very interested on what people think about Bryce Young. Bryce Young, the 105 and the 212 for Dak Prescott, Roshan Johnson, and the 309. So Bryce Young and the 105 for Dak Prescott. Um, I like Bryce Young. I think he's very, very good. He, you know, was taken before C.J. Stroud, and then C.J. Stroud did what he did. Um, so I don't really... Like, I don't want to say that Stroud is better because he did better with what's in front of him. Having Tank Dell and and Nico Collins, who weren't exactly top-tier players on their own. So clearly Stroud was good enough to elevate them. But, like, the decaying corpses of Adam Thielen and Hayden Hurst, like, he, you know, Young really didn't, and no offensive line to speak of, didn't really have much to work with. So I, I like him, but I'm curious if you have faith in Bryce Young going forward, Faith. Uh, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. That's like, I, it's kind I of mean, where I'm at. Like, do I like him? Yeah. Would I actually trade for him right now? I think I'd be too scared to do it. And there, and therein lies another part of trading is, okay, let's take future picks out of it. And we're now just dealing player to player. Okay. So-and-so had a great season last year. Sure. Let me look into my magic eight ball. To mm-hmm. See what he's gonna do next season. Uh, Outlook is good. All right, awesome, fantastic. He's projected for eight billion yards, thirty-three thousand touchdowns. These are all very large, exaggerated numbers for what it's worth. It's fun though. It really is. Um, but then he says something wrong, pisses the coach off. Now he's not getting as many targets, or he gets hurt, and it's like. And I know that you can't really throw that into trading because it is what it is. But I, I think that that's part of my thing is it's like, okay, what if I get rid of this player who did really well last year, still young, still nimble, still easier to bounce back from. Maybe he wasn't the most popular guy on the team. So he was just average and should be next year for somebody who was really great last year, but could be really bad next year. Like, I am firmly team. Like, I will never draft CMC. I can no longer trust CMC. Because you had him. No, I've never had him. But he did well. And then he got hurt. 
you'll, and then he you'll got be hurt. famous. And then he got hurt. And I'm like, I can't do it. I'm also so, the same with Saquon Barkley. So the way I tell myself, well, first of all, it really helps to be in a whole lot of leagues because like, all right, well, <laughs> I screwed up one. Let me just worry about the others. Uh, but <laughs> You know, the way I, what I always say is the only way to fix a bad trade is with another one. You know, you do something, it doesn't work out. All right, well, let me try and do something else to fix my team after that. I think that's really like, I remember when I first started in, in, in Dynasty, and, you know, I, you know, had a couple of subscriptions to trade calculators and all of that. Or actually, back then, Dynasty Trade Calculator wasn't a subscription yet. It was just like a fancy-looking Google Sheet. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess Google Sheets didn't pro- exist back then. Like It was just like a spreadsheet. Um, but, you know, even still, like, those aren't gospel. Those don't have all the answers either. It really, like, I remember freaking out about it, and then I'm just like, it's a game. This, this sounds fine. Sure. Why not? And then you Hello. get that that dopamine rush of, oh, I just made a trade, and then I never looked back. Um, so, yeah, like, that's that's really what it is. It, it's just come down to, if you have an active enough league or if you're in enough leagues to the point where, even if you do make a bad trade, which I make plenty, I, I want to make sure that everyone understands that. Like, I, I still make plenty of bad trades just because I host a trading show doesn't mean I'm I'm perfect at this or necessarily good at it. I just talk and I think people, no one's told me to stop talking enough that I had to stop the show. So like, that's the only reason the show is still going for so long. <laughs> um, but like, that's really all it is, is just keep going, you know, keep moving forward, do the next right thing, whatever Disney phrase you want to use to just make you feel better about it. Hakuna Matata. Yeah, exactly. You got to put your behind in your past. <laughs> 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 Ah, oh, that hurt. Ah, oh, yes, the past can hurt. Um, <laughs> let's look. bring it back. So Bryce Young in the 105 for Dak Prescott. Man, like, I feel like if you're rebuilding, like, if you maybe either won or your team is not as good because you aged out, like, I feel like this is good value to get out of Dak. Like, Dak scores a lot, a lot of points, but I feel like his dynasty value is capped at this point just because of age and Cowboys. So, like, I feel like this is strong, again, especially because of the rookies we have coming in. At the 105, we're talking QB3, wide receiver 2, maybe Brock Bowers, the tight end's one. I do love Brock Bowers. If that's your jam. I'm so curious to see what's going to happen with him after Kyle Pitts did what he did. Um, So, But I like, like, the question is then the other way around. Do I give a Bryce Young in the 105 for Dak? I don't think I have the guts for that. I, I think it's too much. But I get it if it were point scoring season. But like I don't know, it feels like a lot. If you, I'm, I'm gonna, you know what, Bryce Young in the 105. I'm picking. It is Bryce Young in the 105. I, I think, as much as I don't have experience in this, considering we're talking dynasty, I guess it all depends on if you are building for the future or if you're in mm-hmm. win now, because. Obviously, Bryce Young is younger than Dak, so he's going to be around longer. So if you're just throwing him on the back of your lineup because you already have somebody, I mean, who knows? If it's a a super flex, you might have Dak and another great quarterback. So, Yeah, I think I'm I'm with you, Russ. I think I'd rather have the Bryce Young in the 105 side. Uh, 
not even just like the looking at the pro. I think whatever. I think I could get a player at the one. Like if you put Bryce Young and somebody worth the one hundred five, I think I'd rather have that over Dak. Like I can't think of a name off the top of my head, but uh, I, I'm I I don't. And again, if you're if you're rebuilding, it makes sense too. I, I'm not super high on Bryce Young going forward. Uh, I am a little worried about him. Uh, I, I did like Stroud better coming out. I did have. Uh, I had Young as my QB three, and this year obviously was not super encouraging. So um, obviously he can still turn it around, but I don't know that he's ever going to be an elite talent. And now the Dak's elite, but I mean he was he was a top five QB this year. Um, yeah. But I still think if like depending on what you can do with that one of I, I I almost like it better than making the pick. But I guess if you were building, you're probably trying to make that pick. Uh, but I just think the value is there on that side. Yeah, I agree. And I, I I started writing the trading post articles again. So I have the trade finder and trade analyzer up. Um, 105 players around that area. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, JSN, Tank Dell. I mean, go down a little. I just like saying T. Higgins name out loud. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. Because especially like even putting players to that value, not even the rookies names. Yeah, that's that's pretty easily Bryce Young because I while I firmly believe Dak will continue to greatly outscore Bryce Young for the next few years because I mean Dak's like what thirty, you know he still has a good couple of years before age is a worry. Like, I'm not worried at all about a thirty year old quarterback. Yeah, he'll be thirty one when next season starts. Yeah. So he's thirty now. Yeah, whatever. All right, we'll so start. Let- can you believe that he's not, he doesn't even need a walker yet? Like the audacity uh, of this kid <laughs> walks out with a cane. Back um, in my day, when I was thirty, we had to walk uphill to school. Both you ways remember when snow. you were thirty, yeah. young kid? What's great is Rocky's the oldest of us. Um, <laughs> so, on to listener questions. Um, I think this is the one from last week that you guys left on the show sheet from Frank, or maybe did I? I may have just pasted over it now that I'm looking at it. Um, oh, no, it was Tommy's, so it's down one. Yeah. First, we'll go with Frank. Uh, Diggs refused to talk to the media after the game Sunday. His future will be one to watch. Are you guys buying or selling? Which is really funny because when, Faith, you were talking before about, um, you know, what if a player is like a jerk to the coach and stuff like that? This is exactly what popped in my head. Steph Diggs being a diva and seemingly maybe working his way out. Um, And we also talked about Steph Diggs on uh, Dynasty Wall Street today. And according to the Dynasty Trade Calculator, his value is at the 112. I think I'm past paying a first for Steph Diggs, especially with the way he ended the season. And I don't think that I think that means I'm not getting any Steph Diggs anywhere. Um, so I guess that means I am definitely not buying, but if I can, if I have digs on the team and someone offers me you know, a late first, I'll probably take the late first. Yeah. I think, I think I'm selling too. I, I, I don't know that this is like, you're, I mean, you may, you're probably getting an age discount at this point, but I don't know that everyone is kind of thinking, Oh, he's definitely leaving Buffalo. Uh, kind of like Frank is putting here. Uh, but it's definitely, there's been rumblings out there and stuff about his, you know, how he's not been happy. And he certainly faded over the second half of the year, but 
I don't feel like it's like as, as huge of a story that, that that you're necessarily getting a big discount. So I think I would rather be selling now, trying to get that first, like you said, before he goes somewhere that everybody's going to hate, uh, much like they did Buffalo a few years ago. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's really just me being sad that he did bad at the end of the year because he's Steph Diggs. He shouldn't do bad. It was it was rough. None of them Steph should Diggs do bad. So non-football listener question with essentially the death of sports illustrated magazine last week, which was nuts. Uh, did you guys have a sports illustrated phase? Do you have a memorable cover? Mine is Vince young with all the confetti after the Texas national title. I know I'm young. Sorry. Yeah. I was, I think I graduated college by the time that one happened. Um, but I was super young in my sports illustrated phase, which means I don't remember any of it. Um, I mean, it's me, so, and, you know, I probably had, like, a Lawrence Taylor cover taped onto my wall at some point in my life, but, like, nothing memorable that I I really remember at all. I was in the Sports Illustrated for young and kind of into my early, probably 20s. I was probably still pretty into Sports Illustrated. The one that sticks out to me, though, would be from when I was younger in terms of a cover. There was a, a Randall Cunningham Ultimate Weapon cover. Um, that was kind of iconic around here in Philly, especially for yeah, a yeah. while. So uh, that's the one that sticks out to me. It was just, uh, he got that he had that name for like the longest time. It was everywhere, you know, we hear that a lot. That he's the ultimate weapon around Philly. So um, just from that cover, so that's the one that sticks out in my mind. Um, for what it's worth, the uh, Vince Young confetti cover was 2006. Kids, <laughs> I was I turned 20 that year. Kids. I I had I was a few years out of college at that point. I was almost thirty. <laughs> Which, as we just learned from the conversation about Deck Prescott, is super old. old. <laughs> exactly. Super old. Super old. I was never. I didn't really get into sports until I was like fourteen, and then I I was never a Sports Illustrated person. I I preferred books to magazines. Yeah, I am part of the cause for the death of print so i i really can't help like it's you know even when i did but don't get rid of my actual print books i really Um, like well it's i i read on a on a tablet like on a e-reader but like or i listen to audiobooks but like i i then go and buy the actual book so Mm -hmm. i can put it on the bookshelf as like a trophy I, I don't Look what read. I, did. <laughs> I don't read nearly as much as I used to, but I can't read on those things. I need an actual book. I need pages that I'm turning. No, I, I paper, can read on them. Was like a revelation for me. Oh yeah, that's what I have. Uh, mine's green. How cool is that? That is cool. <laughs> um, there are books that I can read on my Kindle, and it's fine. But there are books that I read either as a child or okay, a child, that I just have to have the heart, like, the physical copy of. Like, I have a box set of the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. Like, that... I can read it on an e-reader, but I have to have the actual books. Like, I read those oh, that's starting in fifth grade. Like Exactly. Same with the Harry Potter books. Like... I also love the smell of a book because oh, yeah. I'm weird. <laughs> no, that is absolutely... Yeah, I'm with you, yeah. I mean, I read the Harry Potter books on an e-reader, so I, I don't have mm. that because I wasn't. I, I mean, I probably read them six years ago for the first time. Like I, you know, I was a late bloomer in that one. But 
Like, I get it. It is absolutely certain things are an experience of reading them, especially when you're rereading them from when you were mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jason in the chat. I wasn't really into Sports Illustrated. I'm a Game Informer person. As someone who ran a GameStop, I cringe at the words Game Informer. We used to have to try and sell those subscriptions. And then, like, it got to the point where when we were to get in trouble, if we couldn't sell enough of them, we would just buy them and send them to our friends with ridiculous names on them. (laughs) That's awful. Yeah, I used to get, like, four or five of those every single month. It was... Such a waste of everything. Ugh, game Informer. At FF Tommy B, this is the question from last week. Would you rather fill a weakness or add to a strength on your teams? You can't say you'd just chase value, which is absolutely my answer. Um, I, I mean, because the problem with that is it's such a specific question. Like, I build my teams in very specific ways. It's very rare that I'll have multiple good running backs. Unless it's like, I have two teams right now that are like that. One team that's like that, because the other one was in the trade addicts eight, which is now just dispersed. Um, and it's like something I try on purpose because I know it's something I don't normally do. So if I'm strong at wide receiver, there's a chance I'm still adding at wide receiver because I like wide receivers. Like, I think that's more of it. Like, it's not really a strategy thing. It's just a me thing. So like, it, it doesn't really help this answer very well. But if we're talking point scoring season, it's more filling holes. It's more, all right, well, I need to find that running back now because we have to start a running back, unfortunately. You know, like, so during the non, during the non-point scoring season, the answer is chasing value, which usually just means wide receivers and quarterbacks. So chances are that counts as adding to strengths because that's usually how I build my teams anyway. So I, I, don't, I don't have a good answer for this, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Um, I, well, like you said, the best answer is chasing value, but uh, I'm probably more of a, a fill a weakness kind of guy. I tend to try and I, I tend to like balanced teams. My brain just likes it better. Yep. Um, I just it. having depth, having balance, having, you know, enough good running backs, enough wide receivers, just good enough a quarterback as we know. Um, so I, I, I'm more of a fill a weakness kind of guy, even even sometimes in the non-point scoring season, if I happen to be trying to throw some trades out, I might even like see that I'm weak at one position, even though it doesn't matter and and do it just because, like I said, my, that's just the way my brain works. So yeah. I, I like them well-rounded. And um, I, I wonder, too, I don't know if you've been listening. Tommy's been talking on the um, Superflex Super Show about this elite QB strategy. I wonder if that's why he's asking about this. Where he's trying, He has a couple leagues where he's got, like, like five top eight quarterbacks on his roster or something like that. He's like oh, QBX on steroids. Podcast? Is he on again? Yes, but it's QBX on steroids. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, but he says it's working for him that he sees winning that way. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's probably why he asked this question last week. I could never do that. I would just, I like, couldn't either. These players. But he said he did really well. He said he, he said he like, like finished first in one of the leagues and the second and the other one. Uh, and talking about how it's, it's messing with the other teams because they don't yeah, have quarterbacks. Are. Yeah. So. I am. Um, I would probably tend to agree. Uh, the first thing that popped in my head is that is you're only as strong as your weakest link. So if you are required to start, let's say you're start, required to start two wide receivers and you went running back heavy and then your two wide receivers that you have, your two starters get hurt or something happens. We saw it 
happened last year like crazy. Um, you're then going to need to fill your weakest spot. You're not going to go out looking for another strong running back when you're solid at running back. I'm with you. See, again, there's the correct answer, and then there's my answer. Um, <laughs> it's the Hufflepuff answer. Yeah. Uh, so, but also, like, exactly just to tie into what Faith was saying, Tommy's next question is, can you explain your approach to the TA starting requirements? How does it affect your roster construction? Um, the, tr- the starting requirements for trade addicts is one of every position, a super flex, and the rest are flex. So this was, like, I... I will never say I created this because I know it existed, but like this is not something I ever played in before, but I have always hated like the redraft leagues and all these other leagues where you have to start two running backs, three wide receivers. Like it was just restricting and like one injury just screwed your team over. Like I have one league that I took over uh, commissioning. And I haven't convinced people to let me take away those requirements where we have to start three wide receivers. And I had to start like Juju Smith Schuster in the championship. Like that's, that was my third wide receiver. It was like Parker Washington. Actually, I started Parker Washington in the championship game. I won. Could not even humble brag. I was just going to say, not even humble. Like I won a league starting Parker Washington. Um, But like, part of the like avoiding like I get it it's strategy it's my fault for having a roster that doesn't conform to the rules I just hate that rule so I just ignored it and just no one would trade me a wide receiver Um, so the reason I went with the one QB one running back one wide receiver one tight end super flex and four one two three four and then five flex so could we start ten is really for pure freedom you know Set your create your rosters how you want, which means you're more willing and able to trade for the players you want. Um, I it's it was just that's really what it was. It was to just give freedom to do whatever the heck you wanted, and so I didn't have to start two running backs because I hate running backs. Like that, that was literally <laughs> my thought behind it was just freedom to do what you want, and I don't want to start two running backs. Um, Rock, I know you at least have one league that is like that as well. Do you have? Like, if you were to create a league right now, is that your starting requirements, or are you a multiple starter? Uh, I, I most, I, I run like I think seven or eight leagues. Most, I think the majority tend to be more similar to how TA is. But I, I just, in general, if I start a league now, I like doing things like funky. Like I have a league where there are no starting requirements. Uh, yeah. You don't even have to start a quarterback. Technically, I mean, it benefits you to do so because they score a lot of points, but it's zero of every position and and you can start 10 of something if you want. And I also have one, uh, the last league that I had started, which was, I think, two years ago now. It's been a while since I started a new one um, where it's two quarter, 12 starters, two quarterbacks, three running backs, four wide receivers, uh, only one tight end, but 2.0 premium. So I just like trying weird things now instead of, uh, but in general, my base uh, is kind of the the one uh, one 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 thing. So with the, with the super flex in there, so uh, it, it's I kind of uh, copied you, Russ. Um, do you have any feelings about starting requirements in your league's faith? Uh, it's funny because I have I didn't I didn't really ever think anything about it 
It's just, hey, this is the league. Here, here's yeah. the starting roster, and then like whether you join or not. But our our writers redraft league for club fantasy. Uh, good friend Ryan Weiss, couple couple of years ago. I think it's about two now. Stupid Gryffindor. <laughs> Stupid Gryffindor. Um, he, we decided that we were going to do a redraft. Um company league Mm -hmm. and ryan's bright idea literally every single position we have with the exception of kicker and defense uh and then a position he added after he won the first year was an idp position player every other position we have is flex oh like even even quarterback is listed as a super flex spot because you can start a quarterback but you don't have to start a quarterback the only thing you require to start are kicker and defense, and it's because sleeper doesn't allow them as flex positions. Right. Yeah. So shout out sleeper, make that a thing. Um, also, so those of us playing Scott Fishbowl on sleeper yeah. can flex a second kicker. Yep, I need um, to do that many of times this season. Yeah. So it's been. It was the only league that I made the championship in. And I friggin' lost by like 50 points. I was so pissed. I was like, it was the closest I'd ever been to winning a championship. And I'm like. If you got to lose, you might as well lose. It it feels so much better than losing by two. Yeah. Because you you dwell on losing by two. You lose by 50, you're like, like, well, that wasn't meant to be. (laughs) Exactly. Especially if you're like, if it's close going into that last game, then you're just stressed. But if you lose, like, grandly, like, Sunday early afternoon, you're like... Nope, done. I don't watch football during the fantasy football playoffs. I I don't. I get that. My anxiety level is not handleable. (laughs) Handleable. Handleable. That's what I said. I I don't watch my teams generally if they make the actual football playoffs because I get entirely way too stressed. Like, my... I'm like, how I react to this game has no bearing on the actual game whatsoever. But mm-hmm. I, get, I get way too into it. It also helps just not to have a team. Um, FF Chalupa Batman, character with the largest quality difference between the books and movies. I'm going to assume this is a Harry Potter question. And is there an answer that is not Ginny Weasley? Peeves. Well, that's because he didn't exist in the movies. Exactly. Like, how do you have friggin' eight movies without Peeves the Poltergeist? Who he was has essential. Huge part. He in was the essential to the Battle of Hogwarts. Yep. Any of the ghosts, really? I mean, like, Rocky's I think he's that... just staring at us like we're <laughs> right this now. is how it started. Where <laughs> um, we talked about this. Yeah, you guys are way more into this than and then Rocky shows up and he's just like. I don't really like Harry Potter. Shut up. I Harry. like, I read all the books. I I don't dislike Harry Potter. You don't like it as much not, as we do. Sorry, yeah. I, I misquoted. I did not <laughs> yeah. misquote you. I don't want people thinking I'm a Potter hater. But like, Ginny Weasley has zero Muggle. personality in those movies. And she is yes. badass in the books. Yes. I mean, she's a Weasley. They're yeah. all, they all have red hair. They're all... You Spitfires, almost, you almost did the phrase Spitfire. Go with it; it fits. Well, because like I, that's what I wanted to say, but for some reason, the connection smart. between brain and mouth was yep. switching the words, and I was like, "That's not what I want to say." Um, 
So, like, she's spunky, but yeah, in the movie, she's just like, hi, Harry. She had the one second of screaming, shut it at the Quidditch tryouts, and that's... Uh-huh. Like, there was... Yeah, like, and, like, I'm trying to think and everything, like, Gavin... And then there's Percy. Percy like, <laughs> who, again, like, barely existed Exist. for when it mattered. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he again plays a pretty big part in the books towards the ends, and it's just oh yeah, and not in the way people expect. Not not the way a Weasley should, yeah. Not um, the way a Weasley acts, Percy, yeah. you weasel. And like, what I'll also say is that uh, look at look at Percy; he ain't adopted. Um, no, he ain't. Ron, they made a little bit more of a bumbling idiot in the movies than he really yes. was, which worked. So I'm not sad about it. But like, I think was, that's why people loved the whole Ron and Hermione thing because they balanced yeah, each other. Yeah, like he—he was—he's also like to me, he is the one true Gryffindor of the three of them. Like Ron Weasley is our king. Yeah, Ron. Yes, exactly. Like, but it's like there's, but like to me, like the biggest glaring difference is just Ginny. Like that's just such an easy answer. Notice how it's always Weasleys. It's always the well, Ginny, they, Percy. They're the core of that book. Like, if I had to choose parents, it would be the Weasleys, I mean. Oh, 100%. They are, like, the epitome of loving your child no matter what they do. Yep. Oh, I have... <laughs> so, I'm sure you both know what Loungefly is. Oh, do I ever. I have I have this screaming howler crossbody. Do you? I have the, the golden snitch. The front flap opens. Yeah. Ronald Weasley! <laughs> How you dare just... you steal your father's stuff? <laughs> uh, oh, so, hello, Harry. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, oh, hello, Harry. So, so let's move on to another movie question. At Roto Heat Craig, if you had to do a remake of Jurassic Park, who are you picking to play John Hammond? I, I read this, which I'm. Uh, which I usually don't read questions ahead of time. I just happened to see the words Jurassic Park and I had to read it. The first two... <sighs> John, every, every song John Williams writes sounds exactly the same, but they're all great. You can sing Indiana Jones and actually go, accidentally go to Star Wars and then accidentally go into Superman without even realizing it. It's ridiculous. But I'm trying to think of like who I would want to play John Hammond. And of course, the pers- first two people that came to my mind are dead. So it doesn't really work. Um, who are they? Well, the first thing I thought of, because like the thing about John Hammond, who was the guy who created Jurassic Park, was like he was geeked about it. He had that childlike excitement to him. And when I think of an actor who has the ability to do the childlike wonder, it's Robin Williams. Ugh. Immediately. Ugh. And of Break course, that made me cry. Um. And then I started to think, all right, let's let's who's a short portly man that would at least like you can you would see him in a a Hawaiian shirt and the white hat and be like, that's John Hammond. I'm like, Bob Hoskins, crap. Um, and, and then I started thinking, and then so I'm like, all right, who's alive that could do it? And I went a little sideways. I think I want Brian Cranston to do it. Interesting. Brian Cranston is awesome, and he can easily we see that he could pull off pure comedy and we saw he could pull off walter white which at times i feel like hammond could in a darker version which is all we do these days go back and forth between those two a little bit 
Like, so I, I really, like, I thought of him and I got a little excited about the idea. So I think my answer, of course, of living people is Brian Cranston. So I have two, depending on how we're remaking this movie. Okay. Uh, the first one, Johnny Depp. I mean, whatever, yes. <laughs> he can do whatever, it's fine. Like... If we're going more of a Tim Burton, slightly darker feel, Jurassic Park, Johnny Depp, 100%. But if we're going, if we're sticking true to the original, I'd go Kurt Russell. Again, a person I will let do anything. I love Kurt Russell. He's great. I, I would absolutely. I loved love to hate him in Guardians of the Galaxy, too. Oh, well, you, again, it's like That's hating you know Umbridge. It just shows how good of a job the actress did. Like, Dolores Jane Umber. I ran a poll on Twitter a couple years ago. Uh, who was a worse person, Dolores Jane Umbridge or Voldemort? Guess who won? Oh, it's Umbridge because she knew what she was doing. She's just the worst. That bish. No. I will not tell lies. She got what was coming to her with those centaurs. Oh, like that was one of those like you drop the book and go, damn. Boom. Rocky, do you know any actors? I- I did. I really think, did you say? Do I know any actors? That's what he said. Well, it's funny because I was like, I didn't look at this until like five minutes before you asked the question, um, and I just went more similar to the actor. I think the first one that popped in my head was also another Marvel god, um, which was Anthony Hopkins. Oh, there. again, a dude that can do whatever the heck he wants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only yeah. actor that can do it justice is that's Ice basically Cube. it. Are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my other option, Ice Cube. So exactly, I would absolutely watch that show <laughs> or movie. Um, all right, so so let's let's move on to uh, back to football questions at Buffer nine four four two. If trying to add value to your team in the offseason, do you prefer trying to tear up at certain positions or tearing down to players who you feel are rising assets? And then, of course, I asked what Hogwarts house are you and what other movie series fans are you? Uh, real quick, Jason Ooh, in the chat Russell is Russell Yes. He, unfortunately, is a little shaped like him now. Um, and then Buffered, just complete kissing butt on this one. He's a Hufflepuff and a big fan of the Rocky movies. Um, I would like to make a confession. Mm -hmm. You've never seen the Rocky movies? I've never seen a single one of them. I I, single one. Not a single one. I've never I've also never seen The Godfather. It's very good. Here I can make a confession. I've never seen a full uh Harry Potter movie. Ross, why is he here? I, he's been here for too long. I'm I'm stuck at this point. I read every book, though. Is he the peeves of this podcast? Apparently. He exists. You just so can't guess, get rid of him? I'd be lost without him at this point. So, yeah, I guess he is kind of like you. <laughs> All right. So, what are you more likely to do? Trade up to get the better player, trade down to gain some value and get a player who might be younger. And unfortunately, this falls under the it depends. <laughs> like, I did the dispersal. I ended up with Jalen Hurts and a lot not great other things because, again, usually teams are in dispersals for a reason. Um, and I immediately went to try and break Jalen Hurts down into three players. 
But if I have a team that is a bunch of like, I mean, I have Jaden Reed on that team also, but like, you know, Jaden Reed, maybe not Rasheed Rice anymore because he, he boosted his value way too much. But like a lot of those rookie or young players that are around that late first, early second, I'll see if I can go push up to go get the Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave level. I mean, it, it's all insanely team dependent or what kind of league you're in or like that's the really this is an interesting question with a crap answer because there is no one thing to do. The only time I will say that like, if there's a starting, like you're only starting eight or nine players or it's like a 10 team league, then my answer is I'm trading up because I don't want depth in those smaller leagues, but in a 12 team start 10, you're going to want, you're going to need those wide receiver threes. So I'm not automatically going to just, combine them to to trade up so i think it depends i'm looking at on my team and how bored i get i agree that it depends too but for me it's also somewhat positionally dependent like i would much rather trade down not no surprise at quarterback um but trade up at wide receiver and tight end like i'd rather tear up especially tight end um because there is usually such a difference with the top guys and, and uh and basically everybody else. So uh, I, I agree with most of what you said, but the positions factor into it for me too. Yeah. Running backs, I'll tear down all day. I, I'm yeah. not really tearing up at running backs unless I feel especially, like getting, out and getting especially Christian wasn't as quite, yeah, in the off season, especially I'm not yeah. tearing up at running back, maybe mm-hmm. during point scoring season. I mean, guys, it's okay to tear up at running back. It's okay to let your softer side show. <laughs> We're men here. Even though the real Says funny the is man wearing nail polish. I, I look <laughs> fabulous, by the way. But oh, also, I don't I, disagree, I love sir. That joke of stud RB is the high T thing from from Denny and all of that. And we're saying that we're men because we don't like running backs. I know. Um, I'm very comfortable with who I am and my non running back love. Um, <laughs> but again, if that's what if. We love you for you, whoever's out there listening. So you you do what you, you want to do. For me, <laughs> not because I told you, words, thought, brain. No, I get it. And you you said it. I'm like, oh, I see that. I got that connection. <laughs> Ascending descent. How will you be adjusting your process moving forward? And what are your favorite on the clock tiebreakers for rookies? What is an on-the-clock tiebreaker for a rookie? Um, like I was saying before, when we got into – oh, God, Jason Real. Shout out to Robin. And now it's in my head. We're men in tights. Dice, dice. Give them the rich. We give to the poor. That's right. That's right. We men. Hey, Blinken. Did you say a Blinken? Why would I say A. Blinken? I said, hey, Blinken, hold the reins. I can quote Mel Brooks all day. I actually have a signed silent movie poster right there. Nice. Um, I'm a Blazing Saddles fan. Literally my favorite comedy. Um, I watched that when I was way too young. Oh, same. Um, I I asked questions that didn't go over well. Um, I offer you a laurel and hearty handshake. Nope. Nope. We're not quoting that movie too much. Um, No, of course not. I was sticking so, to the good so, one. Jeez, relax. Tiebreakers. <laughs> it's two. Um, tiebreakers. <laughs> the governor, a rump. Get a rump out of that guy. Um, 
So, like I said before, <laughs> like if you get to a spot in a rookie draft where it's two players that you like equally, what what's there that makes you pick one over the other? Gotcha. Um, I will steal Zach Reed's answer of go get some gelato, pay with cash, get some change. Who has cash anymore? Take that coin, flip, flip the coin. It. Because even if it turns out being wrong, at least you got some gelato. You know what? That is a solid answer, Zach. I appreciate that. That's um, wisdom from the uh, from the older generation. I appreciate you, sir. Younger appreciate than you. Thank you for um, your service. <laughs> and just a couple of months older than me. Um, Frank says old people have cash. Old people have cash. Exactly. Very fitting. Um, usually when valuing rookie, especially wide receivers, things like landing spot don't really usually play that strongly into it. That'll be a a deciding factor between two wide receivers or position. Like if there's a running back and a wide receiver that I value the same, what direction is my team going in? Do I think this guy's going to, you know, contribute this year? Does that matter to me? You know, like it's those kind of things. It's nothing I think like crazy intellectual or anything like out of left field. It's really just, you know, who do I think is valued more? And if I can't make a decision again, it's great to be in many, many leagues. So I could say, all right, well, I'll draft him here, but I'll take the other guy there. You know, like I, I, again, don't have a very definitive answer on this one. I'm with you. So (laughs) it's just, there's not, there's not a lot to it for me. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. Generally position probably, um, would be the biggest thing. And, um, so, so it's not like, you know, adjusted air yards per route or something or else there. I got dizzy halfway through those words. You said, I don't know. (laughs) I just made that up. Um, but, (laughs) But uh, yeah, this is, it's basically the same thing you said. Landing spot, position. I, I can't really think of anything else that's sticking up. I, I don't care about, I don't know if other people care about this. I don't really care about schools. I don't put much stock into that yeah. whole thing. Except for USC quarterbacks, and I'm really conflicted this year. <laughs> quarterbacks have not panned out very well, short of like Carson Palmer. And now we are putting USC quarterback as like the 101. I guess one more you could add, depending on where you're talking about in the draft, would be draft capital. Like if there's a guy you really yeah. like that got drafted later than you expected or something like that. You're in the second round and there's a wide receiver who got drafted in the first. You yeah. Know, you'll just take Marquise Brown or exactly. Jalen Hyatt. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes Henry it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> more than it does. Um so, okay, the, the first part of the question, though, how will you be adjusting your process moving forward? I always feel like such a fraud when I get asked this question, because my first answer is, I have a process? <laughs> That's basically my process. answer. <laughs> like, I, I talk to Peter Howard a lot, you mm. know, and, oh, Peter. Yeah, and like, he tries to get me to be smart about talking about trades, and I'm like, I like clicking buttons. I don't know, man. <laughs> and, like if I if I think it sounds cool, I take it. If it makes me happy, sure. And he's like, dude, there has to be more than that. And I'm like, subconsciously, there probably is, but I at the front of my like, I don't think so. And, and that's kind of everything for me. Like, there has to be some level of intelligence to whatever I do, because I'm not bad at this game. Like, if it was pure, wee. <laughs> eventually I would have years where I'm just terrible and that hasn't happened yet 
that's a lie. Like two years ago was a really bad year, but like, so there must be a process that I just don't understand that I'm doing, but I, I don't know it enough to be able to actually reevaluate it to learn from it. And I think that's bad, but it's just the truth. I'm, I'm basically the same as you, Russ. I think that's why I'm on the show. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I, I'm not quite just the clicking buttons kind of guy that you are, but I, I, I tend to do a lot of the same things year over year and they, no, you know, not trying to brag, tend to largely be successful mostly. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I do a ton adjusting from year to year. Uh, I, I've probably over the years, like uh, I don't, nothing I'm doing now, but like kind of come closer to where you are on running backs. I used to be much more of a running back guy than I am now. I still don't hate running backs as much as you do, um, but uh but yeah, I mean, I stuck to a lot of the same things over year over year, like the quarterback thing. I, basically, like within a year of playing Dynasty, I started, you know, devaluing quarterbacks in comparison to everybody else. And I've kept doing it and it's kept working. So until it doesn't work, I, I will keep doing it. So uh, that's basically how it goes for me. I don't really have any specific process change or like you said i don't know that i have a defined process in my head of what i do but like you said that we both tend to do well so there's got to be something going on there but we can't articulate it apparently apparently what about you faith i mean i just pick whoever i like better <laughs> that's process. what we do. <laughs> yes. That's that's what you tune into the show for. This is all this. I mean, if I like somebody free. better, if I dislike somebody, I mean, if like it, it is what it is. Draft the players who score it's... more points and don't get hurt. Got it. Exactly. <laughs> it's if we're talking rookie draft, like it. I guess it all depends on needs and current team and what ha- happened, or if. Brock Bowers falls to me. I'm taking him because I'm a UGA fan. Yeah, I, I have never made it a secret that personal bias weighs heavy on me. <laughs> I I will always say that out loud. Like again, like I said, I was writing the I started writing the trading post articles for DLF again. Who do you think I wrote the first article on? Hmm. Theodore Higgins. <laughs> I hope his name's not Theodore. It's not. Um <laughs> It's what I don't like to call people by either nicknames or like if they have short names, I feel like it's a nickname and I need to lengthen it. So Theodore just sounded sounded right. You should have seen some of the extended names for Russell that came on my Game Informer magazines. Uh, <laughs> that back. Uh, you know so he has one more question. Actually, is by the way. What? What you is know it? What his name? I, I I don't even know how to pronounce this. I forgot. Um, it. I knew it at one point. To- T-A-M- hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, looks like Tamaris. Yeah, that's how I was going to say it, but I wasn't sure. T-A-M-A-U-R-I-C-E. Tamaris? Yeah, Tamaris. Tamaris William. T-A-M. So now you can call him Tamaris Higgins. T-W. Theodore sounds better. <laughs> I like Theodore better, too. Yes. Um, do you guys think Pickett, McCorkle, and Daniel Jones keep their jobs? McCorkle! God, I hope not. <laughs> I think Daniel Jones might. Um, and, well, that's a, hold on. I have Tankathon up. How early do they pick at this Can point? Can Pickett keep his job when he doesn't have it anymore? 
Yeah, that's that's really yeah. Pickett is. I'm very like if you're Pittsburgh sitting at pick twenty, do you offer the Bears pick twenty for Justin Fields? I would. Like I'm staring at Seattle at sixteen. I'm like, hmm, hmm. That would be interesting. I I can't imagine Kenny Pickett comes back as a starter at this point. McCorkle as well, especially with the changeover that's coming along. But again, Daniel Jones, like Tommy DeVito did okay, but like they also just paid Daniel Jones. So I think Daniel Jones gets his job back when he gets back. If McCorkle doesn't get the start, I yeah, I know Gerard Mayo's coming. If it ain't McCorkle, who it is? They have the third pick, don't they? So like they're they're drafting a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, we drafted McCorkle. See where that got us. Well, that was a terrible idea when it happened. Um, but there are going to be three very good. Yeah, uh, Frank is saying Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels will be better than Mac Jones. Like I, I feel very confident in saying that. So he can make that transfer from college to the NFL. He can be an NFL starting quarterback from day one. Sounds like it probably. Oh yeah, and don't forget like Russell Wilson out there. Um. That would be an interesting person to go in any of those places. You get Russell Wilson because he's vanilla, just like the Patriots have been, <laughs> even though we'll see what they are without Belichick there. What? They're very straightforward, no personality. You're on the Patriots, unless you're Tom Brady, in which case you can do whatever the heck you want anyway. Am I wrong with the stare you're giving me? Come on. <laughs> Try and be a defensive fan all you want. I'm right. I miss when the Patriots had Gronk and Jules and Edelman. That's Jules. I meant Amendola. And they were fun. J. Mike! J. Mike's here. (laughs) We were talking Uh, about you earlier, J. Mike. Frank saying he's trying to manifest Cousins to Pittsburgh. I want Cousins to stay in Minnesota. Cousins to Pittsburgh, Russ to Minnesota. Okay. Russ, you moving to Minnesota? God, no. (laughs) It's cold. I heard Scott really... Instead of so... I flew to I flew to Utah for a wedding. Okay, played in the snow. Super fun. It was like the coldest it ever got was like twenty degrees, which born and raised Floridian, yeah, Floridian. is cold that's for cool. me. Yeah, but with a coat on, I never felt like cold. Cold. I my layover uh, was Salt Lake City to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Fort Myers. When I landed in Minneapolis at nine o'clock local time, or like eight o'clock local time. It was like negative four degrees outside with right. a wind chill. It was like negative 15 mm-hmm. and the jet bridge from the plane to the airport because I wasn't wearing my coat on the plane because that's oh, yeah. just asking to die of heat stroke. I you it's the coldest I'd ever been like you could see your breath the entire walk. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be this cold in here. Who? How do you people live? And then, and then Scott Fish proceeds to say, uh, how does it feel? Does it make you feel any better if I told you that I walked outside today in jeans and a t-shirt and a hoodie that wasn't zipped up? I was like, shut up. But it's it's really funny. Like, you really do just get used to the weather that you, like, like I said at some point, I don't remember if we started the show or not, um, but we've been live this whole time anyway. Uh, <laughs> my parents are from Brooklyn. You know, my grandparents grew up in Brooklyn. And then they did the proper thing of snowboarding down to Florida in the end. Like Florida. Nice Boca Raton. um, Ah, Del Boca Vista. Um, 
And when I was a kid, we would call, you know, my grandma just to say hi. And she'd be like, oh, Ross, it was freezing today. I had my winter coat on. <sighs> How cold was it, grandma? It hit 63. <laughs> grandma, you're from Brooklyn. You've, had, you've lived through snowstorms. <laughs> but it, you just, you get used to the weather you're in. So yeah, crazy people in Minnesota go out, sit outside in uh, shorts and t-shirts in the 40s. Yeah, uh, you can always tell when the snowbirds are here because it's like sixty degrees outside, fifty-five degrees. All the locals are wearing like jeans or leggings and like a sweatshirt and stuff. And you see people walking around in shorts and a t-shirt, shorts. and you're like, "Yeah, you're not from here." Yep, I was. I was that guy. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah, I would have been in leggings and a a long sleeve shirt. Yeah, no, it got when, when I was there. It, it, it hit the twenties at night, or the no, not twenties, forties at night. So it got like I was going to say the twenties. No, it, it hit the 40s. There was no iguanas falling out of trees or anything. That w- That's a shame. That would have been a sight for you to see. Oh, my God. I would have freaked out. I do <laughs> I do not keep my cool in those situations. Like, I would be using my children as shields, like holding them over my back and running away. And, and it well, it would have gone fine for me because I wouldn't have gotten hit by iguanas, but they would not be happy about it. And my wife would have some words. Well, unless you were standing under a tree and the iguana fell and hit you and you didn't see it coming because you weren't looking up expecting it. I would. We're going to move on because like, I'm thinking about <laughs> it and I hate it. Um, so he finishes up by saying he's Slytherin, Ascending Descent, and The Red Rise, the red Rising is the best book ever. Never I don't heard of know it. what The Red Rising is, but I will look into that because say. I'm, I'm ready for a new book. So I'm, I'm going to check that out. Um, our last question the aforementioned... It's a dystopian science fiction novel. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> that, that's fine. <laughs> I'm in. Let's go. Um, the aforementioned at Sega underscore FF. Do you identify your league mates tendencies? Do you target the more active managers? Do you track the reasons why you initiate or reject trades in order to review your process? Leo is just attacking me right now. <laughs> And I've, I, we've had this talk on Twitter before. And first of all, if anyone out there doesn't know Leo, first of all, he's, he's the notebook guy. You know, the guy who has a notebook on all the people he plays I was going to say Noah Calhoun. I don't know what that is. The notebook? Never heard of it. Nicholas Sparks. Who? Ryan Gosling. Rachel McAdams. What? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> yes, I'm absolutely kidding you right now. About to I knew what you were talking computer. about from the beginning. I was absolutely joking. Um, <laughs> of course, I've seen the notebook. I haven't read it, but I've seen it. Um, this is a smart bird. thing to do, and I've legitimately tried this, and I don't have the patience for it. Uh, especially being in as like I tried doing it in just like one or two leagues because I knew if I tried to do it in like all twenty, there was no way I'd be able to keep track. But for like a week or two, I keep I kept track of all the offers I sent who I sent them to, if there were comments about the rejections, what I was thinking when I sent it, I've never lasted for more than like a week and a half. I just, I, I can't, it's not how my brain works. It doesn't, I can't, it's smart. It works. I, I am the victim of this. Of Like Zach Reed is practically Leo's dynasty child. And <laughs> Zach absolutely knows how to take advantage of me in every way, shape or form when it comes to fantasy football. Mostly also because he's practically my brother at this point. So, like, does that make Leo my dad also? Yes. Um, 
<laughs> but like this is absolutely, by the way, just to put it out there, a very smart and the right way to handle things. Knowing who you're, it's like that thing when you people talk about playing poker. You don't play the cards; you're playing the people at the mm-hmm. table. And fantasy football is very much the exact same thing if you play correctly. Um, I again, like you know, if I have the same people in leagues, like I know how Rocky trades at this point. I don't have it written down anywhere, but I know him well enough. There's, you know, people that, I mean, again, I'm in 20 something leagues. If I'm only in one league with one person, maybe if I've done enough with them or I talk to them enough, I'll remember. But like, you get a feeling if not about a specific person, but you're like, all right, trade addicts for value i know there's a lot of people that value picks there more than the rest like like that sticks to me more than i would ever be able to do something this specific and that is absolutely a function of how my brain works because this is a very smart right way to do things and especially if you're playing like money leagues like and put in that effort you you should i i physically can't i try and i physically can't I think it's also um, a little bit of function too. I think it's easier that if you're only in if you like when you're in the number of leagues that we are, uh, it, it's a lot harder to to do something like this. Uh, at least for all your leagues, unless you're going to just do it on a couple leagues. But uh, so yeah, I, I I'm with you. I mean, mentally, I think like you said, there's definitely probably tendencies I know of certain people that I trade with. But uh, overall, I. Do not do this, but it is very smart. How about you, Faith? Do you have like a secret burn book about the people you play? I just saw the Mean Girls movie. It was amazing, by the way. Uh, <laughs> the new one. Stop trying to make Fetch happen. No, um, Fetch absolutely should happen, by the way. Oh, 100%. Brilliant. Um, 100%. But by the way, the new Mean Girls movie, musical, amazing. The Mean um, Girls movie based on the musical based on the movie? Based on the musical based on the movie, yes. Um <laughs> So we like we watched that movie, and my wife was like, "Wow, the girl that played Janice had an amazing voice." And then the credits go, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, because that was Moana." Uh huh. Didn't know that going in, and I have no idea. Clearly, I have no idea what she looks like because she's a cartoon character. Um, you don't know what? Auli Krabalho. I think that's yeah. Her name. Yeah. I I know her oh, name. Oh, or something. Like. Yeah, I, I don't know how to actually say her name, but like, nope, had no idea what she looked like. Now I do. <laughs> um. Well. It- it's like when we were talking about my Trey Lance trade earlier. And Russ, when we were talking about trading players that we really, really like. Like, you're not opposed to trading T. Higgins, but mm-hmm. people know that if they want T. Higgins from you, they're going to have to pay more for him. So that mm-hmm. comes down to to knowing your league mates and to knowing just how badly, like, like you said, you're not opposed to trading him. So you have a price. And if you've been in a league with people or know them long enough, you know that there's certain people that they're more willing to part with and certain players that they'll part with hesitantly, but you're going to have to pay handsomely for it. And sometimes if you're in a league with a bunch of randos you don't know, you're just going to have to start throwing stuff out and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Rocky, say smart, say something smart. Say something smart. I already, I already talked about this question, Russ. I think, yeah, the, but like, I feel like we need to end on something smart. And you're the smart guy here, and you're really just letting me down right now. <laughs> Are you saying uh, that what Faith said wasn't smart? No, it sounds like I'm, what he's saying to me. And this is what it's saying. I'm saying, saying that we, especially <laughs> as the as the as the Ravenclaw of the group, 
Right, and we need to sound smarter than the Ravenclaw of the group. Rocky, we're the hosts of this show. I, we know it's not me. That's why I'm going to him. Um, <laughs> I got nothing else. Well, yeah. Sorry, Leo. <laughs> you had a fantastic question that we just could not answer. Um, but we love you anyway. Um, but that is the end of our show sheet and the end of our 300th episode. Thank you, everyone, for... Again, not like anyone can technically really cancel us, but thank you for not being so mean that it makes me crawl in a hole and not do this anymore. I guess <laughs> it is really what that comes down to. Uh, thank you, Rocky, for sticking around as long as you have. And Thanks for having thank me. You. <laughs> Thanks for um, not kicking me off the show said, yet. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of the words that he didn't say in that one little eh was. There was nobody else to do it, and I didn't feel like going to find anybody. So, eh. seriously, it was pretty much. It really kind of such convenient timing. Like <laughs> his, his co-host for Junkies left, and Brian left. I'm just like, hey, Rock, we both need co-hosts. <laughs> Come on the show. <laughs> now, a hundred and some episodes later, I'm still here. Congrats on 300, boys! Uh, <laughs> finish like we started. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? But there you go. If if I were done, that would be a great way just to hit the end button. Um, but Faith, thank you so much for coming on. I had thanks for having a me. Ridiculously great time. I hope you did as well. Always. And before we do hit that end button, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they could find what you do? I am Faith. Uh, I you can find me at ff underscore leap of faith. Uh, go follow Women of Fantasy Football at Women of underscore ff. Uh, it's our goal to highlight women creators, women in sports, women in fantasy football, women everywhere, because as we firmly believe, it's not what's between your legs, but what's between your ears that matters. Doesn't care what you were born with. It's all about what you know. She had that down. See, she's good at this. <laughs> I fumble through everything and she's just like, See, that sounded smart. That sounded smart. <laughs> Faith, you're coming back next week. Um <laughs> Rocky, you're replaced. Um, so, <laughs> damn it, I knew it was coming. It was a matter of time. It might as well happen on episode 300. <laughs> might as well. Patreon.com slash trade addicts pod. Well, this was live. So, if anyone is watching this and you don't normally become a patron and you can do this every single week, hang out with us, talk to us in the chat, or tell us all the things that we don't remember to talk about. You can watch um, our guests do American Sign Language. Yes. <laughs> which is three, which is W, and which is D. Um, that is, yeah, you're right. Um, Proud of you for remembering that. Good job, Russ. Yes. The weird things my brain will choose to remember. Um, and also we have our awesome Discord chat, the Cool Kids Club. Um, and fantasycares.org is, is the big deal, as always. Um, we have the SFPL going on right now, which is a whole lot of fun. We're going live once a week to go over the previous week in the playoff league. And we're always giving stuff away just for people that stop by and hang out with us while we do it. Um, there's talk of squares, Super Bowl squares. We're not sure if we're going to pull it off in time because we're lazy and we just don't want it. That's a lot. There's just a lot. <laughs> together. Um, you know, we'll see how that goes, but if you ever can, you have a few, you, you find a couple of dollars because you have, you live with an old person. So there's some cash in your house. Just donate to fantasy cares. Why not? Um, or if you're really stuck on a trade, use that cash to go get a gelato and then flip then a coin. Flip the coin. <laughs> there you go. 
And I am well past the point of rambling, so I'm going to say good night, everybody. Good night, Russ. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to the Great Attic Podcast, a proud member in the Dicey Attic Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty and at Dynasty FF Attic. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time. Trade Addict Poopy Pan. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.